views expressed in this show are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of the Department of Defense, Department of the Navy, or the U.S. government. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Philosophication with Ginger and the Beard. I'm Michael, and I have red hair. And I'm Jason, and I have a beard. All right, so why don't you kick it off, Jason? There's a lot of stuff to talk about. All right, so I think we're going to start off, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Kavanaugh confirmation today, and... Uh, I don't really know where to start with this because there's a lot, mostly, I guess if I could just, I, I know you kind of went over this a little bit in your, uh, your episode on the Supreme court. I think this whole situation is, it's not just a problem with Kavanaugh and his confirmation specifically. It's a problem with, with what judicial confirmation hearings are now. So once upon a time when, you know, this, the Supreme court first became a thing. So confirmation hearings were supposed to be, first of all, the Supreme court is supposed to be apolitical, right? They're right. supposed to look at the law and decide if someone broke it or not, or, or you know, in, read the law and interpret it. They're not supposed to have an agenda that's, they're not supposed to be pushing the agenda of one party or the other. They're supposed to be apolitical. And with that goal in mind, confirmation hearings were supposed to be, the Senate looks at a nominee and asks the question, is this person going to push a political agenda or are they going to read the constitution and interpret it and make decisions based on the constitution and the law? That's what they were supposed to be. What they ended up becoming a while back, and I don't know how long it's been like this, but what they ended up becoming was the senators asking, is this person going to push our agenda or the other party's agenda? Like it's assumed that they have a political agenda and now it's just about finding out which party they're gonna support and voting according to that. But I feel like now we've gone a step further than that even, which is that nobody's even asking the question anymore. Everybody already knows who this person, everybody already knows how they're gonna vote based on who the president was who nominated this person. And because everybody already knows how they're gonna vote in the Senate, this, this whole hearing is just a dog and pony show. There's no reason to have this hearing at all. Everybody already knows how they're going to vote. And what are we even doing this for? It's a charade, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's utterly pointless. And like you say, everybody has already decided what they're going to do. Everyone knows who they're going to, whether they're going to vote yes or no. And, and you, could, you could see this back in July, back when like Trump hadn't even announced who the nominee was going to be. And, and the left was already coming out fully against whoever it was the day yeah. that like, right when he was announced, there were already protesters because whoever it is, is going to be a Trump nominee. And we have to be against that. Right. Yeah. Preconceived. They, they just know that. Right. And, and that's another thing about, so as far as the Senate goes, as far as this confirmation hearing, it is an absolute and total charade, right? It's just political theater because everyone knows who they're, 
Everyone knows how they're voting. No one's changing their mind. And so this is where I need you to help me out and actually call people out because I'm not allowed to use contemptuous words about senators or Congress on, as a whole, but you can. So I'm kind of counting on you. Okay. <laughs> so what I will say is that this is political theater at its highest. People on both sides are kind of using it as such, but uh, clearly there's one side that is doing a little bit more of this. There's a few people I won't mention who are clearly trying to make themselves front runners for the 2020 presidential election. And it's so obvious. All right. And the reason I haven't commented on this before, the reason like I'm not going to go into everything we've talked about and I'm, and I'm, you know, I've decided that I want to talk about it because of this most recent allegation. Um, But all this stuff that's been happening, I want so much to talk about it, but it's so political and I can't talk about it without talking shit about like half the senators. Right. And I'm not allowed to do that. So, so all that crap aside, um, Republicans, I mean, they're really doing a favor. They're like, they don't have to let this happen. There is no, they don't have to do a confirmation hearing. They can just push the vote through and they're going to, but the longer they wait, the more chance there is for ridiculous crap. Like what just came out in the news about, uh, uh, was it Kavanaugh sexual assault allegation from high school like 30 something years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did you want to jump into that or you want me to jump into what I got? Yeah. So, um, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris in particular, uh, Cory Booker with the, I am Spartacus thing, releasing a bunch of documents (laughs) that he, that there was nothing saying he couldn't release them. I, you know, I, I usually hate political memes, but I actually saw one that I kind of liked the other day, which was uh, like a Twitter screenshot th- that said, uh, Cory Booker, I'm taking a free refill on this drink. And then the cashier says, sir, refills are free. And Cory Booker says, you can't stop me. I'm taking a free refill. <laughs> and, and the cashier says, refills are free. You can have one. And Corey Booker says, I am Spartacus. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, that's that's just uh, the fact that anyone can't see that this is grandstanding is beyond me. Um, yeah. But the Kamala, with Kamala Harris, she kept asking Kavanaugh if there's any law in the books that restricts a man's body or puts restrictions on a man's body which she's obviously trying to get to the question of Roe v. Wade and abortion. But this, this opens up a whole other can of worms about abortion. And uh, I mean, we could talk about that sometime, but first of all, it's not just restricting a woman's body. She, this, this narrative of abortion laws doing nothing but restricting women's bodies. And it's all, uh, this invention of the patriarchy to control women's bodies. That's such a ridiculous statement. It's like, do you, it's like completely missing the point of why people are against abortion in the first place. It's not just a woman's body involved. Yeah. People don't give a shit about your body generally. Right. Like whether, whether or not you think that a fetus is a human, uh, is a fully, formed human person or not that is why people are against abortion 
and making ridiculous straw men like you just want to control women's bodies is not doing you any favors politically. Like, I, I mean, maybe it is doing you favors politically, which is the problem, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so so that's ridiculous. And I kind of wish that um, I kind of wish that Kavanaugh had had fired back with the draft. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I yes, saw that there is through. a law that puts restrictions on men's bodies. Yeah. There, yeah. There, there's this thing called the draft that we have to register for. Yeah. And women don't have to do that. I didn't think of it at the time, but I saw a meme and I'm, I'm, I'm going to put the meme up like on the video here, but I saw a meme that was like, um, it had a picture of her and it said, you know, um, are there any laws on the books that were, uh, that restrict the male body? And then underneath it, it had a picture of like the re draft registration website. And it said, I'm glad you asked. And, uh, it was hilarious. It's like, Oh my God, I wish he had thought of that at the time. Yeah. I didn't think yeah. of it at the time either. Not that it's compelling, not that it matters. It makes no difference in the argument, except yeah. ha, 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 nanner, nanner, there is a, a law specifically restricting men's bodies. But anyway, beside the point. Yeah. The point is, this is a ridiculous line of questioning, and it's not going to change anyone's minds like we were talking about before. So the whole reason for doing it is so that Kamala Harris can get sound bites of her holding Kavanaugh's feet to the fire on this, on the question of Roe v. Wade, which maybe it's maybe sometime he'll be called upon to make a decision on yeah yeah this whole thing is it's so upsetting and it's it's really clearly just political theater there's no other point because it's like i don't i don't know if it's actually new but it seems new right i don't remember this happening last time and, and Trump already did pick a nominee, um, right? And the, big, the reason this is such a big deal is because he's replacing the guy that was the middle guy all the time that went back and forth. He was a conservative and he was a, you know, uh, Republican nominated judge, uh, Justice Kennedy. But he always, you know, went with he went to the, he went with the left all the time, not every time, but quite often. And yeah. uh, so they're flipping out because they lost that guy. So it didn't matter who they picked and they already know it. And it doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter what questions they ask. So again, the entire point is virtue signaling is having these sound bites, like you say, so they can say, look what I did. I stood up to this guy. So, and, and it's so dumb because he's such, he's so milk toast, you know, <laughs> there's nothing like scary about Kavanaugh. My God. Yeah. Like, but because Trump nominated him, he's literally Hitler. And right. And the whole, I mean, the Roe v. Wade thing seems to be what everyone gives a shit about. Now, I haven't gotten into it yet, and I will do an episode about it very soon. But Roe v. Wade was a garbage decision. Whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, that is, like, unequivocally true. It was a bad decision. It's very, it has no basis in the Constitution whatsoever. And that doesn't mean that people don't get to do shit just because it's not spelled out in the constitution that you, ha that you have a right to do something doesn't mean the government can just restrict it. Right. But they, they made up a right. People call it a constitutional right to abortion. What the right. fuck is that? How the, how is that possible? Like where in the constitution is that it's garbage. All right. I will talk specifically about Roe v. Wade in an upcoming episode and how it's a garbage decision and completely outside of the of the you know it's not just from a pro-life standpoint i will argue whatever i'll get into it um 
but everyone's so worried about Roe v. Wade coming back up. If it's such solid foundational law, then it'll win again if it comes back up. And if it doesn't yep. win, that doesn't mean abortions will be outlawed across the damn country. If you and all your left wing, you know, did, left- did you see that ad that was uh, talking about the Kavanaugh confirmation? And it was a bunch of people getting in front of a camera and saying stuff about, uh, you know, left wing stuff about um, how Kavanaugh's confirmation will be bad for the country and everything and blah, 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 blah. And one woman said, a vote for Kavanaugh's confirmation is a vote to kill me. <laughs> like she actually said that in this ad. Yeah. No, that's that's what's so that's what's so crazy about this. And that's why nobody fucking listens anymore. All right. The left has been flipping the fuck out about everything. Everything is life or death. It's sensationalism to the max, right? And that's what's happening here. There are people who who it's their stated goal that they would do anything it takes to stop Kavanaugh from being nominated to the Supreme Court. Anything, right? And it had nothing to do with him because they again they were doing this before he was even picked. And that's why this most recent allegation about the sexual assault from high school. I'll read it in a minute, uh, what, what the allegation is, but here's the reason that I'm calling bullshit, right? I'm calling bullshit. Maybe it's fucking true. Maybe, maybe it's true. But like all crime, I'm going to wait for the evidence, first of all. Second, it was 35 years ago, well past the statute of limitations, so you can't even, you can't even do anything about it. And that's why the FBI declined to do anything about it when it was brought to them, a letter the anonymous letter was brought to them and they instead just passed it on the white house just so that they would know that this allegation is out there and what it is. Right. So this isn't how it works. People don't, the court of public opinion isn't a real court, right? Mm-hmm. There's a thing called due process. And again, there are many, there, there are people in this country who say things like that, like a vote for Kavanaugh is a vote to kill me. You think someone like that wouldn't make up some bullshit about Brett Kavanaugh from high school? It doesn't, they don't, she never gave her name. This, it literally could be completely made up. No one's putting anything on it, right? No one's putting their reputation on it. No one's putting a name to it, a face to it. No one is actually doing it. So for all I know, it's some fucking troll. It's, it's that same lady who was like a vote for Kavanaugh is a vote to kill me. That lady could literally have wrote this damn letter and give it and given it to uh, the Senator that passed it on right right like like there's... yeah like, when you have people out there you have people in this country who have explicitly said we should do anything it takes to stop his nomination and and they are they're doing anything right. it takes <laughs> making up bullshit sexual assault allegations is, is included in anything it takes that is part of anything yeah, like, and, and, so- and maybe it's real, but this, this boy who cried wolf thing is ruining them. They've been acting like it's life or death. Everything is life or death. The moment they pick Kevin, I remember a tweet saying like, get your Nazi uniforms ready or whatever. The, you know, it was like, get ready for the internment camps or get ready to wear Nazi uniforms. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's just a, he's just a circuit court judge who's been doing it for decades. Very milk toast, very boring guy. Right. But everything is life or death. Everything is Armageddon. And when you cry that shit all the time, at some point, it's just like, okay, what else is new? 
you know, so, I mean, my God, if there was a credible, uh, if there was a credible allegation at some point in the midst of all this bullshit, how the hell are we supposed to even know? How are we supposed to sift through all the crap, all the bullshit? Because again, they're always crying wolf to find what's real. So, I mean, I'll wait for more evidence. I mean, if there's proof, then sure. Uh, you know, maybe I'll fucking give a shit. But for now, they've been crying wolf over and over. They've said they'll do anything it takes to stop him. And there's no actual... It is, it's an anonymous letter with no proof and not even a willingness to come forward and say that, you, that it happened to you and take it to court, take it wherever. There's, there's no way I'm going to buy this shit unless something drastically changes. But it's, and what's funny is the only people who are buying this shit are the people who already think Kavanaugh is Satan, right? right. They're the only people who buy this shit. It's just self-fulfilling, or what do you call it? Not self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, it's, it's just confirmation bias, right? Right. They don't, it didn't, <laughs> he was already a rapist, even before he was accused of rape. Like, you know, a vote for Kavanaugh is, is a vote to rape me. I mean, fuck, I mean, they might as well have said something like that in a, in a damn, you know, commercial. But yeah. so anyway, I'm calling bullshit. If there's evidence, then they'll change my mind. And even, I mean, who fucking cares? Okay, even if he is a rapist, they throw him out, pick a different originalist judge that you're still going to hate left, and they're still going to confirm that guy. It doesn't matter who the fuck it is. It's going to be someone who isn't pro-choice, pro-Roe v. Wade, because that is just bad law, all right? No originalist would ever do that. Only a, an activist judge who takes the law into their own hands would even would do something like that. And there's already four judges, four justices on the Supreme Court that would probably overturn Roe v. Wade. Maybe, maybe not probably, but, you know, 60% chance they'd probably overturn it. Now add one more. Yeah. So whatever. But so that's another thing about this. Like when did, when did originalism become a right wing opinion? Yeah. Like, why, why is constitutional originalism a right-wing thing? I, yeah. I don't understand that. It's because right and left doesn't mean anything anymore. It just Left is whatever this group of people thinks, and right is whatever this group of people think. The groups are already defined, and whatever they believe in is called right, and whatever the other group believes in is called left. Though, I mean, so it's really arguing semantics, but, you know, the right-left continuum that I first learned about in political science 101. In that spectrum, once the, all the way to one side was authoritarianism and all the way to the other was anarchism, right? So no government at all was one side and absolute total government was the other. And anything in between, you know, just had different names along the way. So just next to, or all the way over at, at totalitarianism was fascism and communism those are both totalitarian, authoritarian regimes, right? So they're on the same side of the political spectrum. Another thing I've heard, I've heard it of a horseshoe theory where they yeah. end up right next to each other. So it's still left and right, but they're like, you know, have more in common than they have apart. And so, but Nazis are right wing and communists are left wing and they yes, look, but they're both authoritarian. And then, but that makes it seem like the middle is somehow the most free. But obviously, that's not true. Middle, in our sense, means just moderate. It means you just 
you don't make up your mind one way or the other when it yeah. comes to particular I think stuff. That, I think that two-dimensional uh, quadrant model makes better sense of it. Have you seen right. that? So it's like, on yeah, it's quadrants instead of left and right. Yeah, on one axis is uh, libertarianism or authoritarianism, and the other axis is uh, like, I guess, conservatism or liberalism on the issues. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you could hypothetically be a libertarian, but liberal on you know, on this, on all these issues, or you could be, you know, whatever. Yeah. I remember that. And I think we did something like that in political science when I was at the Academy, I remember doing some tests like that. I told you where you were on that spectrum, but anyway, um, if you have anarchy on one side, like basically the smallest, you have biggest government to smallest government. And so just shy of anarchism was libertarianism, right? So libertarian is, you know, as small a government as we can get away with, smallest practically speaking that we can get away with, and then anarchism is no government whatsoever, right? Um, so really, compared to the authoritarians, you know, all American ideology until now with socialism, really, but um, all American ideology is, you know, closer to libertarianism than it is to authoritarianism. The uh, classical liberalism, the, the classic John Locke, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson enlightenment type of liberalism is the end. It's way closer to libertarianism than it is to authoritarianism. So anyway, so yeah, uh, now constitutionalism is considered right wing. But how insane is that? Because at least at least once upon a time, not that long ago, and it's probably still true for a lot of the left just not the really loud people on the left is the left has historically been better until recently about civil liberties. The liberals cared about liberty, at least individual civil liberties, civil rights movement, you know, um, not, I'm not saying Democrat. I mean, left, I mean like young people in the sixties and the seventies, you know, whose parents were really, you know, old school and and these people cared much more about, you know, free speech and, you know, freedom of expression and all that, because, you know, they were basically being censored by their parents and whatnot. And those were, these are the hippies, right? Yeah. Hippies were all about civil liberties. They were basically civil libertarians. Um, so it was the right that wasn't so great on civil liberties. And uh, until recently, that was, I think until, yeah, pretty recently, that's been true. Um, but then 9-11 happened and it seemed like both sides don't care about civil liberties anymore. You know, Democrats and Republicans uh, passed the, uh, the Patriot Act together. You know, they all voted for it. It's a great idea to them. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like since then, liber liberty hasn't been, civil liberties has not even been on the table. It's not something people really talk about, except for fringe people like Ron Paul, um, you know, who have no real shot at winning. Yeah. Oh, man. And now constitutional originalism is there. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. I mean, yeah, as 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 the pushback against total government or government fixing all of your problems, which just became a more and more left wing idea, you know, um, and it's been the idea for a long time, kind of bigger government. But 
but they've they've let go of the civil libertarian side of uh, on the left and not on the whole but you know or not all of them but on the whole uh so then the only place for someone that's a libertarian was like ron paul for example was in the republican party and he was he was nothing like the rest of them when he ran but it was a lot closer you know than if he had run as a democrat if for no other reason than you know the uh the size of government, you know, I don't know. It, it may be that it didn't have to be that way. It, it seems like a backlash, you know, that Ron Paul, you know, that libertarians could have had a home on the left. They could have had a home in the democratic party if the democratic party hadn't, you know, or, you know, you at least would have been torn about it, right? If you're a yeah. civil libertarian and you want small government, you're an overall libertarian. You kind of had one side that did that, did half of that, and the other side did the other half. But now the left isn't even really defending individual liberties anymore, right? Um, and they think, the, right's, the right's still not doing it either, but you know, they think they are, but they're not really. Oh yeah, no, I mean, there's free speech, especially, is is completely out the window. Um, nobody fucking cares anymore. But so at least on the right, they're getting it. If you're a libertarian, you think the right is getting it half right. You know what I mean? And the left is just getting it totally wrong. So, you know, that's your choice. But uh, classically speaking, you're, you're on the left as far as civil liberties, right? Um, so anyway, so the point is, you know, they can try and stop Kavanaugh all they want to. He's going to get nominated. If, for, if something does happen that gets him totally disqualified, then they'll just pick another right-leaning originalist judge who's not going to be an activist. There's there's dozens of them ready to go. They had a whole list, like it was like 50-something people, and he narrowed it down to five or something, and they picked one. The next one is going to be very similar. And, like you know, yeah. Kavanaugh wasn't my first choice. Um, there were a few others that I thought would have been even better. But, you know, there's plenty of good judges on the back burner that will be pushed through just as quickly, and everyone will still have their – they'll already know. It doesn't matter. You know, the vote will not change. The same number of senators will vote yes and vote no. So what's the end game here with trying to shoot Kavanaugh down? Like, you're going to get another another nominee who's pretty similar to Kavanaugh and, you know, shoot that guy down too. You're going to get another one. Shoot that guy down. You're going to get another one. Like, it, it, you're not going to – we still have at least two more years of Trump being president. So, yeah. like, what are you going to do? Is the goal here to just keep shooting down Trump nominees until we get a new president? Like, that seems unrealistic. No, I mean, and they would if they could. They, if, they were, if, they, if they were coming from a position of power, then, then all their crying would actually matter. But they're not, because the nuclear option was enacted by Harry Reid a few years ago. It only takes 51 senators to, to, to nominate or to, to approve a nominee. So... They can kick and scream all they want to, but they're not coming from a position of power. So that means, and they know that. So that means that the only reason for any of it, the only reason to cry about it, to scream about it, to do a confirmation hearing is for political points. It's for sound bites. It's for grandstanding. It's for virtue signaling. It's so they can just scream to the heavens how much, how hard they tried to keep it from happening. 
but they have nothing they can do about it. So I wish that the Republicans would just go ahead and push it through. I mean, we're already most of the way through it, but just do it already. Just don't give them another day to grandstand. Don't give them one more minute to, you know, to virtue signal. Just put the damn vote through because all it is is giving them opportunities to do that. So anyway, that's enough about Kavanaugh. So uh, what's the next thing you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about the Serena Williams thing. Oh, um, yeah. 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 So the U.S. Open, Serena Williams was in the finals and uh, got penalized a point. Or I, I'm not sure exactly how the system works in tennis. I'm not a, I'm, I don't, I'm not a huge tennis fan or anything. Disclaimer. Um, but she was getting coaching from the stands from her coach, which is not allowed by the rules of tennis. And uh, I'm not sure if she got a warning for that and then got penalized a point for the next violation. I think that's how yeah. it works. She got a warning for that. And then she didn't actually get docked any points until she smashed her fucking racket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the coaching was a warning. And then when she smashed, she got frustrated and smashed her racket and you're not allowed to do that either. So she got docked a point for that. I think it's a game or no game. No, it was a point. And then later it was a game. Mm. Like it's, it's a, I'm pretty sure how it works is first violation is a warning. Second is a point. Third is a game. Okay. Yeah. So she got, yeah. And then smashing the racket, it's my understanding is an automatic point. Like even if it's your first one, like, so it was really unrelated to the warning she got. You don't, anytime someone smashes their racket, the, the, whatever you call it, umpire, line coach, whatever he's called, has to, or line judge, I don't know. He has to uh, deduct a point. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the point is she got called on these violations. Um, the umpire punished her according to the rules of tennis. She got frustrated about it, started yelling at the umpire saying, you know, I don't cheat. Uh, you're a thief. She called him a thief for stealing a point from her. I yeah, think that, but I think that's what got her penalized a game. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So she, she was yelling at the umpire, which anybody who's ever played a sport ever knows that you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that never works out well for you. If you're an athlete and you start yelling at, a, at an official, that's never going to work out well for you. Yeah, especially in rugby. You remember <laughs> just how much you, you suck up to the to the, to sir, you know? <laughs> yeah. To the sir. He's just like, because he, he's just God out there. He can just do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. That's a, that's a weird thing about rugby. Like the, the referee, I think it's called a referee. I don't remember, but he has so much leeway within the rules to make his own calls about things. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So the, uh, I'm trying to re- remember what this headline was that I saw and, you know, Serena Williams is a, is a big role model for, for women everywhere. And, you know, little girls look up to her and whatever. She's a, she's a big feminist figure all of that stuff. And so immediately when this happened, this is a sexist thing. Now, yep. um, this umpire was sexist. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have made these calls if it was a man, blah, 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 blah. Um, I can't remember what this headline was. I should have looked at it before we started. 
Um, no, I mean, she was even oh, like... Yeah. I remember. It was... Uh, the headline said... Uh, and this is this has been circulated around. I'm not sure which news outlet I got it from, but it said sexist power play ruins women's U.S. Open final, <laughs> or something something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but um, it's a set. It, the the umpire made a sexist power play is the point, um, which is ridiculous. And and you hear like all the arguments that I've heard are like are about. Well, this this umpire has been in similar situations with men, and he hasn't done the same thing. Like he hasn't penalized them in the same way. I'm like, okay, maybe, sure. Well, what if he did? What does that have to do with this case? Maybe the umpire is totally a sexist. That doesn't excuse what Serena Williams did. That doesn't make what he did in this case wrong. Right. Right. Yeah, and there's no evidence that he's a sexist. Yeah, but even sure. yeah, even if it was, doesn't change the fact that she is a, a shitty sport and just a bad, sore loser, and she was throwing a a tantrum like a child and got penalized for it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing. Like everyone knows in tennis that if you smash your racket, you're going to get docked a game, or sorry, a point. Right? That is, yeah. it's automatic. There's nothing sexist about that. And she called him a liar and a thief. Right. And that's after screaming it. He, he was composed and took it for a really long time, right? She was just pissed off and trying to scapegoat because she was losing, and she probably knew she was going to lose. She was getting bested, right? Now, you know, so I, I don't know. I see this as a fit. I think she has a history of being a sore loser, being a bad sport. She doesn't lose very much, so it's really hard to, to yeah. gauge that. You know, sometimes those are the worst losers, are the people that don't lose very much. But yeah, I mean, there's people that were calling her out saying that she does the same shit to female line coaches, you know, like berating them, trying to get them fired, trying to get their lives ruined, you know, um, you know, so she was just, I don't know, the whole, the whole idea of demanding an apology because he said you can't get coaching. She didn't even get a, doc, a point docked. She's worried about her reputation. She's not really worried about her reputation. She's acting like it's her reputation she's worried about. And he, he needs to tell everyone that she wasn't being coached as if he knows that. You know what I mean? He just warned her, you know, just warned her. That's fine. But, and she acted so offended, right? And then you smash your racket, you lose point every time. And then you call the coach, the line judge. Sorry, no, the umpire, right? Is that what he's called? Yeah. Umpire. Yeah. And you call the chair umpire a cheater based or a thief and a liar, of course you're going to get a game taken away. So anyway, yeah, the whole sexism crap. First of all, it's a woman against another woman. What the fuck are you talking about? If it was a woman versus a man, then you could, then, then there might be some bias involved, but what the hell? <laughs> like, you know, it wasn't that one of them was a woman and the other wasn't. It's that one of them was being a calm collective adult and the other was throwing a fit like a baby. Right. And that person got docked points, not a woman versus some. Your opponent is a woman. What the hell are you talking about? So there's no evidence for it. She was clearly throwing a fit. And, you know, God, it's just. And it totally ruined this girl's night. You know, I know mean, she tried to like make up for it, but the girl's like crying, you know. Uh, sorry, what's her name? Uh, Naomi. Yeah, Naomi Osaka. Right. It like ruined her. She won the U.S. Open. It should have been awesome. She had, she was apologizing when she got the microphone, you know, and it took Serena like actually trying to 
get like, oh, no, no. And like finally realizing how her tantrum is ruining someone else's big day. And, you know, so at least there's that. She's, I mean, she's still not apologetic after the fact about, you know, being cheated when she wasn't. But, you know, she at least, you know, showed some, you know, sympathy to her opponent who beat her, right? And tried to actually, and tried to get the, you know, the fans to stop booing and, and all that and actually be happy for her. So that was a little bit nice at the end, but she, she totally ruined it for her. And it's really sad. So uh, Barbara... Strykova, Barbara Strykova, she uh, she's one of the better tennis player, female tennis players in the world, and uh, she I mean and she called Serena out for this. Uh, she said, "I'm actually I'm just going to quote her." She said, "Quote, this is bullshit. For umpire being woman or man doesn't matter. In comparison, I never saw Rafael Nadal shouting like that with an umpire. Ramos is tough, one of the best umpires in the world. He did what he had to do in that match." because she overstepped the limit. Did she have to behave differently only because she was Serena Williams? I find it interesting that she did it only when she was losing. Unquote. So, you know, uh, I don't think even generally other tennis players have her back on this. So other female tennis players even. Yeah. But it really seems like, um, yeah. And then uh, also Martina, Navrato- Martina Navratilova, another female tennis player uh, who clearly I'm not a fan of because I don't know how to say her name. Uh, she actually wrote in the New York Times, and uh, this is, I'm just going to read it because it's a great quote, Colin Bullshit. said, quote, we cannot measure ourselves by what we think we should also be able to get away with. In fact, this is a sort of behavior that no one should be engaging in on the court. I don't believe it's a good idea to apply a standard of if men get away with it, women should be able to. Rather, I think the question we have to ask ourselves is this. What is the right way to behave to honor our sport and to respect our opponents? Unquote. Nice. So, yeah, I think the best argument that anyone can come up with is, well, men get away with it, so women should. Which isn't. Yeah, that's what aboutism at its finest. Yeah, which it's not but even strong evidence relevant. of that. If, if you... If you are frustrated that men get away with it. Why don't you cry about it when men get away with it? Right. Like, what does that have to do with Serena Williams? Yeah. And they're acting like every man ever has gotten away with it anyway. Like what Johnny McEnroe in like the eighties, like that, that actually the umpire that docked him, that did the same thing. He like docked him a, a, a point and then a game and McEnroe lost in the, I think it was U S open in like the eighties and McEnroe threw a big fit. Like that umpire wrote a piece, like wrote an article about this umpire and how he's right. And we did everything exactly by the book and how this happens all the time, including in men's tennis. So it's like, and this, the umpire himself wrote the article from the Johnny McEnroe uh, example in the 80s. So anyway, just another example of boy who cried sexism, you know, every damn day. I guess it was last Thursday, Botham Jean was just minding his own business in his apartment. And, an, and a, a Dallas police officer who lives downstairs from him, she got off from work and walked into his apartment, thinking it was her apartment, according to her, and shot him to death, right? So this was, it's obviously a tragedy. It's obviously fucked up. And everyone's, like, I think everyone is pissed off. I mean, I've never seen such agreement 
uh, you know, across the board, right and left about how this is absolute bullshit because it's unequivocally bullshit. You can't, there's no excuse for it. You don't get to go into someone else's house and shoot them to death and get away with it. And she hasn't gotten away with it. So she has, I mean, she has been arrested and she's out on bail or whatever, but she's going to go to, she's going to go to trial. She's going to go to court and have to defend, you know, defend herself. Now, I think there's been some criticism about how long the police took or how long that department took to actually put out a warrant for her arrest, some criticism of that. And, but so this is kind of old news. It was last week, but what's new is now, uh, seriously, there's like Fox four news. And this is the tweet that's been going around the internet and everyone's been retweeting it, you know, you know, uh, uh, pissed off and rightfully so uh it says developing search warrant marijuana found in botham jeans apartment after deadly shooting and that's it that's a whole headline it has a picture of the guy so naturally everybody's pissed off so um so first of all like everyone else i just want to say so fucking what so what that he had marijuana in his house that doesn't change anything and so everyone's pissed that it even came out, and I'm pissed too. But I will say that nothing's come of it yet necessarily. Like it's it's probably inappropriate that they even had a search warrant looking for drug paraphernalia because when you do it, when you have a search warrant, you have to say what you're looking for, right? So the fact they were looking for drugs and paraphernalia is kind of bullshit in itself. And it looks like they're trying to make an excuse, though the trial hasn't happened. We don't know if they're actually gonna use this as some sort of excuse. But it's it's you still wonder why the hell they're even doing it. So, and you know, honestly, I've I've seen onesie twosies out there that have that have actually tried to defend this as some sort of justification. But I honestly think across the board, right and left, this is not a left right issue. This is unequivocally fucked up, and like nobody is on board with this. Nobody's defending this woman, and. And, you know, I, I still think some on the left will try and use it as another example, and, except everyone buys it this time. So I'll call bullshit on systemic racism for now. Maybe she's a racist. I mean, there's no evidence of that so far. So far, it just seems, or according to her, it was an accident. And I mean, that doesn't sound excuse, but there's no proof yet that there's any racial uh, racial element to this. Maybe that'll come out. Who knows? Um, I think conspiracy theories are already starting. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. But regardless, he did nothing wrong. He was murdered in cold blood in his own apartment. And, you know, she was saying she was giving him demand commands and he wasn't listening. Like, uh, okay, it's his apartment. You're in his house. Yeah, exactly. You don't get to come in and give me commands in my house when I've done nothing wrong. You don't have a warrant. There's no danger in here. You didn't kick the door in because you heard someone screaming. There's no reason for it. So, I mean, yeah, I've heard literally onesie twosies, totally weirdo outliers that are like, you know, trying to act like the drug thing actually matters or makes a difference at all. But, you know, first of all, she didn't even know that. And even if she did, you don't get to just shoot people because they, because they, you know, have drugs in their house. So I actually did see a tweet. I'll try and uh, put it on here if, if I can find it. But I saw a tweet where, my God, what the hell? Got really blurry. Okay. So I actually did see a tweet where a guy, he didn't outright defend it, but someone basically took this news, Fox 4 News 
tweet retweeted it and put over the top like you know something like what the fuck who cares or like why does this matter at all and then some guy basically said you know illegal drugs were found it matters and that's all he said which is still bullshit but um and someone had the best tweet ever underneath it it was let's say the guy's name was steve and it was like uh steve walks into a party smells marijuana he says is that marijuana i smell which is illegal steve then goes on to shoot all of his friends to death it's like oh my god it's like you know so no one's no one's fucking really saying that but you know anyone who does is an idiot but uh sorry i'm kind of ranting a lot here but the thing yeah. about it is so like we, we've talked about this before with this whole police brutality problem it's like you have the full gamut of of situations where on this end is totally justified uh you know, the, the cop had to do it. Their life was in danger. Somebody else's life was in danger. And then on this end, you have uh, just total murder. Like, there's no justification. And this, this case is clearly on this side. And everybody everybody agrees on that, or just about everybody, except for the real, you know, the real extreme people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, n- nobody nobody doubts that it was just cold-blooded murder um yeah and i i guess i haven't seen this probably because i don't really follow that many left-wing outlets but i haven't seen yet where the left wing is trying to spin this as another example of of uh racism i honestly don't think they are on the whole i've just seen random shit on twitter and facebook and some people are trying to equate this to this overarching problem that's happening all the time except if if this was what was happening all the time then everybody would agree with you not a single person would stand for the national anthem everybody would be kneeling but no some people are calling bullshit on that narrative and this is i don't think this supports that narrative because even if she there's no evidence she's a racist even if she is well the the problem isn't that that bad people do bad things and some of those bad people happen to be cops the problem is when they get away with it, right? So it's a problem when a cop murders somebody. That is a that is bad, sad, a problem that needs to be taken care of, even if the cop does get convicted. Like, that's still a tragedy. And if it happens all the time, then that's the issue. But the real issue that people are pissed off about and people are upset about is when cops get away with it, right? So, I mean, let's give, it, let's give the system a chance here. And it, obviously, if the system fails, if, I mean, I would have to see the, the, the circumstances of the case, but as it stands right now, if she were to get away with this, that would be an absolute abortion of justice. It would be a bastardization of the law, and uh, I wouldn't stand for it any more than, you know, and, and I think most people wouldn't either. I'd be right there with you. I'd be right there with the lefty that's calling bullshit, you know, um, that would be a big issue. And it, but even so, it would. I don't know. I'm fucking ranting. I'll just stop. <clears throat> what was that? Did you say you saw a tweet about this is why people sit for the uh, kneel for the national anthem or whatever? Yeah. So I mean, again, this is just Twitter. It doesn't mean it's indicative of of how everyone's feeling. But uh, you know, it doesn't help that they did this marijuana thing. And again, 
it just came out on the news. It means they found it. So it doesn't look good, but I, I've yet to see anyone, I mean, except a few outliers, actually try and use it as justification. But um, yeah, I saw like a tweet that said, this is why Kaepernick kneels for the anthem. It's like, okay, so one lady is an asshole and shoot somebody so therefore america fucking sucks like no and that's not why he's kneeling first of all he's kneeling for the cops that get away with it he's kneeling for like when justice isn't served that's when the system is the problem not obviously there is no institution in this in this world where you won't have individual acts of evil or individuals who just suck but that's you don't kneel because of an individual they're kneeling because of the system because Right. Know, whatever. God, I hate talking about this because everyone has their own fucking, you know, glorified version of why they're doing it. But the basic thing, I think it's across the board. Any of them would say who any of the people kneeling that it's not just that some guy got shot and killed by a cop. That happens every single day and to lots of different people of different races. Right. But the problem the, the the bigger problem to them is that they keep getting away with it, that it's covered up or they are not convicted or whatever. Right. So right. Well, I mean, we'll see. Right. It sucks when, when people get killed by cops, it always sucks. It sucks much more when the person didn't deserve it, when the person was innocent, but it sucks a million times worse when the cop gets away with it. Right. And I do think, there's there is an, another side to this problem, and this is why, like everything else, even though I'm I'm not I'm not about kneeling for the anthem, I do I think have a more nuanced position here. And this this kind of leads into the Kaepernick issue. I guess we're already kind of talking about it. Is like everything, I I feel like I have kind of a nuanced position here, which is that I am no like Blue Lives Matter guy either. You know what I mean? Um, I think if you say blank lives matter fill in the blank with anything, I think your cause is probably bullshit. Whoever you are, right? <clears throat> Fuck you. Point is, I'm no like hardcore Blue Lives Matter guy either. I'm also concerned about police brutality. I'm also concerned about, about the police state measures that have been put in place, especially since 9-11, but it's been growing more in, since in our lifetime. And I'm definitely concerned about the militarization of the police. Like, that's, that's just a libertarian concern. The police are the government, right? They are the fist of the government. They're the gun that points at you. When, when people say, you know, that government, anything done by the government is done at the, end of, at the end of a gun. That's because of the police, right? And that's not their fault. This isn't an individual thing. They're just doing their job, right? But I'm definitely not the kind of person that isn't worried about police authority police or police overstepping their authority violating your rights you know uh brutalizing people those are concerns i have too i think it happens too much i think police are given too much leeway they're given too much preemptive power like where they don't even have to wait to for things to unfold so i just don't think it's a racial thing if a, if a cop happens to be a racist then you know fuck him twice as much you know, as, as if he's not a racist and doing bad, bad stuff, but you know, fuck all of them for doing bad stuff. So 
I don't buy the racist narrative, but I do worry about police brutality, police overreach. And uh, I think there is this farther right side of it, right? That are just like apologists the whole time, right? Who don't, not only do they not buy the narrative of the racist cops killing, you know, black people indiscriminately, they don't, they just, their automatic reaction is to take the side of the cop to assume the cop has done everything right. And it pretty much takes like a blatant, maybe like an admission of guilt is like pretty much the only way they would think a cop is guilty. Right. And so, you know, and I'm not saying this is bad mouth cops, right. You know, I'm in the military. I, I don't think we're on the same team necessarily, but a lot of people think of it that way. Um, I don't think we're on opposite teams. We're playing a different game. Right. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's the same, but I understand the idea of putting, you know, of risking yourself for others. But uh, so I think it's an admirable, admirable job. You know, I, I support police in general, but I do think that side of the story that just right off the way or right off the bat defends the police officer, no matter what. And then even worse when the institution itself, so I, this is, again, I don't think this is institutional racism. I think it's institutional cover your assism, and every institution does it right. So you'll see police stations that will try and if not cover shit up, you know, if not cover up entirely, try and like obfuscate or try and deflect and try and, you know, get people's attention other places. And maybe that's what's happening with this marijuana crap, you know, and it, you know, they, they're, on the one hand, they might be covering for a buddy, like an actual member of the force. On the other hand, they're, they have their own, their reputation as a force to worry about. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're covering their ass and that is wrong and it needs to stop. They, I mean, the fact they've, they've been criticized for being slow about this investigation and now there's this marijuana crap. So it doesn't look good. And I do buy that. Right. And I, I'm also pissed off about that. So anyway, you got anything to add? Yeah. But so the whole, I guess, I think we talked about this on the last, the last time we talked, but we just mentioned it, it briefly, but the whole irony of this whole Colin Kaepernick situation and that whole movement that he's a part of is that no, nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about what you just talked about. They're talking about Kaepernick and whether or not he's a hero and whether or not he's justified in what he did and blah, 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 blah. When it, his whole purpose for doing that I mean, it wasn't very well defined because he didn't define it very well. But, um, you know, to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume that his, uh, you know, assume the best about his intentions, um, you know, his, his whole purpose for doing that was to bring attention to this problem of police brutality. Um, and it hasn't done that because nobody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about Kaepernick and Nike and, you know, should we burn our Nike shoes or should we, uh, you know, talk shit about Kaepernick more? Is he a hero? Blah, 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 blah. Nobody's talking about what he wanted to get them to talk about. Right. So, number one, it, it doesn't seem like effective activism, whether or not you think he was respectful, he was disrespectful to the flag or whatever, setting aside all those questions about disrespecting the flag or the troops or 
the country or all of that stuff, it doesn't seem like effective activism to me. If it was effective, then people would be talking about what you wanted them to talk about, but they're not. So it's, it doesn't seem like it was effective to me. Yeah. No, like you just said, setting all that aside, nobody sets that aside. That's all anyone talks about, you know? And so I only have like anecdotal evidence of this. I mean, just from my own Facebook page, you know, I've, I've seen lots of people, you know, supporting Kaepernick and I've seen lots of people, you know, begrudging him. Right. I've seen both. And this is weird to me because, you know, when it comes to high school friends or people from, you know, from Tennessee, I get a lot more conservative and then people from the Academy still a lot more conservative, but I'm getting plenty of, uh, of the pro Kaepernick stuff as well as the anti Kaepernick stuff on my feed. But, um, I I've looked at these and I've jumped in on a couple conversations. Um, but nobody's people get bogged down in whether or not he ought to be doing it or whether or not he's disrespecting the flag or, you know, whether or not the NFL should be punishing people for doing it or whatever. Nobody talks about the actual problem. And what's funny is I actually tried to, you know, uh, so I put a post on mine. So I, I saw someone post this ridiculous fucking poem thing that was like defending, you know, whatever it was, it was so self-righteous and, and I saw somebody post it and I I commented on that one. Yeah. And a guy, he posted it and said above it, like, uh, you know, something like, this is what it's all about. And then maybe another guy said, seriously, what's everyone's problem with Kaepernick? Because that's the debate they want to have is what's your problem with Kaepernick? You know, what's so good or bad about Kaepernick? Which if he's being genuine, which I'm not sure, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. If he's being genuine about his concern, he, I would think he would be horrified that that's all anyone's talking about, right? About him, right? That, that shouldn't be the point if he's being genuine. The point should be talking about police brutality. So how can you get all of us to talk about police brutality, uh, racial injustice, institutional racism, how can you get us to talk about that crap without being so distracted by all the means to get there? I don't, I don't know the answer, but it isn't kneeling. It's not working. All right. So I, I like, and I, and I find all of that interesting. I find it interesting to, to argue about whether or not it's disrespectful to the flag or to the anthem or to the country. And I find it interesting because it so obviously is, and that's so the point of it. Uh, that I don't understand the argument that it's not disrespectful. That's the fucking point. Why aren't like, if it weren't the point, why aren't they kneeling? I don't know. During the game, like everyone just sits and takes a knee for like a play or two instead of during, why is it during the national anthem? That means something. It doesn't anyway. uh, So that's an interesting conversation to me. It's also interesting to talk about how, how, how much of a hero or zero Kaepernick is. I also find that an interesting conversation. So I'll have that conversation, but I'll also point out to everyone, hey, you know what we're not talking about? Systemic racism. Uh, you know, We're not talking about injustice. But what's funny is when you invite people to talk about that, nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about, all right? 
So yeah. I actually tried to do that. I took that same post instead of responding to it because I knew that I would get like nothing but this crap about like Kaepernick and whether or not he's good and probably a lot of name calling and just a lot of bad faith arguing. I posted it instead of replying. I posted it myself, put some thoughts on it called bullshit and, you know, basically made my case that America is not a racist place, that it is a wonderful place. It's the greatest place in the history of, of the world to live, especially the greatest place in history to be a black person, the greatest place in history to be a woman, the greatest place in history to be, period, is in 2018 in the United States of America, right? So do we have problems? Sure. Are the things we can fix? Yeah. But to act like this, that America is some deeply racist place. So I just, I, I went up there, I asked it. I said, you know, um, I made those points that America is the freest country on earth. Um, where black, like where black people and anyone else can do anything they want to do. If they put their mind to it, you can be anything you want to be up to and including the president of the United States. And then I said, my last little blurb was um, somebody please show me the evidence that America is a deeply racist place. And by evidence, I don't mean anecdotes about being mistreated. I mean, proof that, you know, that America is a deeply racist place whose flag deserves our contempt, you know, and I got nothing, you know, so the same people, I see them all the time. They're willing to put some crap out there and get everyone else talking about it and then argue about Kaepernick and argue about kneeling and the flag and the, and the anthem. But when it comes to facts and the, I'm trying to talk about what they claim they want to talk about. I'm trying yeah. to talk about what they, what Kaepernick claims he wants to talk about. I'm calling bullshit on the social uh, or I'm calling bullshit on the systemic racism. I'm calling bullshit on this narrative that we're all being fed. And I'm, I'm begging for, for data. I'm begging for proof for evidence and no one responded at all. Right. So, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that probably have something to say. And I would love to talk to those people. I want to have a conversation. You know, I'm, it won't be easy to convince me because I have actually, you know, pretty well studied on this and I've thought about it and I don't just have this opinion lightly. But, you know, I could be swayed. And but people won't engage in that when 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 you when you put all the cards on the table and you want to talk about the actual issue, nobody has anything to say because most people don't think that deeply about it. Yeah. Well, this is just like every other politically charged issue. I mean, we've we've had the same conversation about gun violence and gun control. Uh, nobody wants to engage. All the conversations that people have are yelling talking points at each other. You know, yeah. if you're on the right, you you yell these talking points. And if you're on the left, you yell these talking points. And nobody's engaging or providing evidence on either side for the most part. And it's all it's all just games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The way we talk to each other has just totally gone to crap and it's all just about winning points, you know, uh, virtue signaling, you know, making sure your friends all know it's like, there's a prestige that comes with, with making these talking points. And, uh, it's not about actually engaging. And I, and I have had, I have had some good conversations like in the, 
uh, there's been probably like three Kaepernick uh, things that were pro Kaepernick that I jumped in on like in the last couple of months or since this all happened, I suppose just a few weeks then um, and had one good conversation with, uh, with this woman who, you know, is, I didn't know her. She's a friend of a friend, um, you know, and she jumped in and was, you know, I actually did the thing where I was, I was engaging and talking about, so I went all out. Like I was talking about disrespecting the flag. I was talking about, you know, what it means to kneel when you're told to stand and how it is deliberately disrespectful. Um, and just imagine any other scenario where they say, please rise. And you say, fuck that, take a knee. That is deliberately doing the opposite of what you were asked because it is disrespectful. I mean, so anyway, um, we talk about that. And then I, I, I did start getting into some of this stuff. Like, you know, I threw out some stats, you know, turns out that, I mean, just as a quick little fact that every single day on average, more than one white person gets killed by a cop that more than twice as many white people are killed by cops every year than black people. Right now, granted, there's a lot more white people in this country and that. So it's, it is disproportionate, but the point is you never hear about it. It happens more often. And yet you never hear about it. Does that mean, what does that tell you about the narrative? What does that tell you about what the news is reporting? It's not fake news, but it's selective news. It must yeah. be because you never hear about cops shooting white people and killing them, but it happens every single day, right? And sometimes it's justified, sometimes it's not. Sometimes they get away with it, sometimes they don't, but you never hear about it because it's not interesting. It's not newsworthy. It's not gonna get everybody pissed off, you know, and that's the point. So I'm calling bullshit on the narrative. There are facts out there that, that if anything, show that police are under-policing in the most heavily uh, heavily violent areas and that the proportion of the proportion of black men that are shot by cops is actually much lower than you would expect considering the proportion of black men that are committing violent crime in the inner cities. So the, the numbers don't match up. One is I have had like a couple of good conversations. It still didn't really go anywhere. And the person I talked to didn't really have a lot to say, but was at least kind and, and tried to have a conversation. And in the end, didn't really have anything of substance and ultimately just pointed me to a bunch of movies to watch and books to read. And I'm like, Oh my God, wouldn't it be easier if you and I just spoke, but yeah, he's like, yeah, sure. I'll read a book about it as if you can't find a book that says the opposite. But in, anyway, um, yeah, I, I've had a couple good conversations also. Um, but with the with the whole with the whole topic of how we talk to each other, I think you know we talk about this a lot. Just this conversation, and uh, you know all the political tribalism and polarization of the country today. Um, I think I, I had this thought the other day because um, I was talking to a friend of mine. I, I have this friend on Facebook. It's a a strongman friend who I engage with sometimes on Facebook over politics. Um, he's a pretty left-leaning guy. So, and I talk to him sometimes about it and we, you know, we go back and forth, but. I thought strongmen were all alt-right. Yeah, I thought that too. 
I mean, you all have beards and mohawks and you're all white. So, yeah. Yeah. I thought that too, until I met this guy, but uh, (laughs) yeah. So we, we go back and forth about political stuff. We've, we've talked about Kaepernick a little bit on Facebook. Um, but I think, and I had this thought after I, after I'd talked to him a few times, I think that's a super important thing to have friends, personal friends that are on the opposite political opposite side of the political spectrum from you. I think the, I think we would all be so much better off if we all had at least a few friends that think the opposite of us on lots of things. Um, and I think, I think it's because, I mean, a lot of this tribalism is about us versus them. Um, it's about painting the other side of the political spectrum as evil or racist or stupid or whatever. Yeah. And we're able to do that because we don't know these people personally. That's why Twitter's so terrible because it's all faceless, anonymous people who don't know each other, you know, just yeah. insult each other. Yeah. Um, it almost never goes that horribly in person. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think, because like I'm, I'm friends with this guy, I've seen him at a few contests, and you know, I don't see him all the time, but whenever I see him, we we hang out and we have a good time. But we think the opposite; the, we have opposite opinions on lots of political issues, and you know, we were friends before I ever found out what his political views were, and I think that's important. I think we all need to find friends like that, and it's because. If we know people personally who think the opposite thing from us, it's a lot harder to demonize them and, you know, just relentlessly attack them as being all these horrible things. If we if we know this person, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right. But even if you don't know them so much as you're just speaking to them in person, you know what I mean? I mean, that changes everything too. I mean, I, I, like the guy I talked about, my Uber driver that I spoke about last time on the last episode, right? I talked about that Uber driver, how like it just blew me away. He and I disagreed about everything, but we had the most amazing conversation. And you could tell that he clearly never talked to people with my opinions. And I never talked to people with his opinions, honestly. You know, I only see the worst of the worst on on Twitter, you know, and on Facebook, you know, and there's certainly people I'm friends with that disagree with me politically about a lot of stuff. We're just not that good of friends that we actually engage about that stuff. Or there's people like Dan who disagrees with me about everything, but he doesn't, he is, he finds no satisfaction in having those conversations. So he doesn't want to right? I mean, so yeah. like you can't have these talks with Dan, but I mean, you can, but he'll, he'll very in short order, make it into a joke. You know, everything <laughs> turns into a joke and it's great. And I love Dan for that, but you know, it's, it's a good example of a guy that I disagree with on everything who I'm friends with, but it's not a great example of someone I can actually have, you know, I cannot reliably have a good conversation about that stuff. I mean, every now yeah. and again, you know, there's every so often there's, yeah. he has shining moments where he yeah. has box. Yeah. But uh, anyway, but even just a just a person in front of you like, changes everything. So, you know, I hope that Uber driver gets gets in touch with me at some point. I gave him my email. I really hope he does because that was great. 
I would love to just argue with him more in the future, you know, because um, it, it was really productive and it was really great. That's it for today's show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. So if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button below. Uh, if you're listening on any of our other audio platforms, uh, please make sure you subscribe. Leave ratings or comments. It really helps algorithmically in getting, getting the word out about our show. Um, if you like the show, please share it with your friends on social media. Please like the Philosophication with Ginger and the Beard Facebook page. And please make sure you comment down below. We really want to engage you guys in free and open conversation. That's really the whole point of doing this. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.